5: Here we go, here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting as we always do from the tippy-top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up to bring you another big day of top-shelf radio in a bottom-feeding political world. Hey, Jimmy, what does that mean? What it means is this is a show, as you know... It takes the issues of the day very seriously, but we never take ourselves seriously. Why? Because we're kind of doing politics the wrong way in this country. And it feels like everybody in this country, when it comes to politics, is now on the verge of just absolutely snapping. You know what I'm saying?
4: I'll break you in half like a little toothpick.
5: The point is the world is on fire and we're just roasting radio marshmallows. So if you want to grab a stick... The only real rule we have today and every day on this show is we don't care. I am a talk show host. I am not an activist. I am not here to steer your vote. Okay, if democracy is riding on the coattails of a community college sort of graduate who spent most of his life driving a taxi, we're all screwed. Bingo. So my job here is to moderate the discussion, and the only rule is we do it is you can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat. Just don't be a That is all. 888-788-9910, the phone number if you want to be a part of the show. I should point out, it's also the phone number if you don't want to be a part of the show. That would be good radio. Call us up. Read us our truth. Uh, I, I'd enjoy that for one, and you'd save me some money on Craigslist. Normally, I pay a, you know, pay a lot of money to get yelled at by the ladies. What the hell is wrong with you? Stay focused. And of course, if you do want some extra show, uh, you can always go to the Fox Across America Facebook page and check out all the TV hits we have posted there. As far as Jimmy vision goes, the rest of the week this week, I will be on Fox Business tonight with the great Brian Brenberg. Uh, Friday, I'll be on Gutfeld with our lovable little comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. Uh, I am hosting. The big Saturday and big Sunday show this weekend with Lara Trump. That's at 5 o'clock both days. Saturday night, I'm on with Lawrence Jones cross country. That's at 10 p.m. And then Monday, back on Gutfeld, dig this, Dana Perino pinch hitting for Greg. Now, just to be clear... Just to be clear, I am applauding Perino. I am not bashing Greg. Greg and I love each other. Uh, Yes, he does take some shots at my wardrobe from time to time, but mainly because he's jealous that it doesn't come in kid sizes. But right now in this moment, uh, your buddy, your radio buddy, former New York City cab driver, yes, it does appear like we're on the verge of conquering the world, and I just want to take another moment uh, to point out that this is mostly you. Uh, This is like 99 percent you like I just get on the people mover in the morning, go where they tell me, smile, tell a few jokes. And they're like, oh, that was fun. We should book him again. But they're only actually booking me again because people tune in and actually watch this stuff. You understand. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Point being, uh, this success is very much ours, not mine, but yours and mine. So thank you for being a part of that. But right now. Is no time for you and I to sing Wind Beneath My Wings because we got a real mess on our hands out in Washington, D.C. Dig this. Uh, a man arrested by the D.C. police this morning for attempting to uh, kill, to actually kill, Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh.
6: What the
4: hell is the world coming
5: to? And, you know, at the top of the show today, uh, I repeated the mantra that I kind of always open with, hey, be a Republican, be a Democrat, don't be a you-know-what, you know? know? And the reason I've been saying that for so long from the moment they gave me the show is I really do believe we're doing politics wrong in the sense that everybody, everybody, is communicating in a weapons-grade level of rhetoric, Okay, it's not I disagree with the Republicans. It's they're all Nazis. They're all white supremacists. They're literally Hitler. We hear that stuff every day. And when you live in an era where people's emotions are their facts, there are always going to be lunatics who cannot process those emotions and actually do snap at some point. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. I mean, you think at the end of the 2016 election, we had a guy shoot up. A congressional softball game almost killed my pal Steve Scalise. OK, that was a Bernie Sanders campaign worker who was writing love letters to Rachel Maddow, listening to her every night, saying we're all a bunch of white supremacist, Russian-controlled lunatics that we're going to destroy the country. He snapped. OK, in this Supreme Court situation, OK, we've got a 21-year-old man. He's arrested outside of Kavanaugh's home at 1.50 in the morning, this morning. He's got burglary tools, a knife and a gun. And he admits to the D.C. police that he was there to kill Kavanaugh. Now, why is he there to kill Kavanaugh? Other than the fact that the Democrats called Brett Kavanaugh a rapist for the better part of his whole confirmation process. Did they have any corroborating proof, any corroborating witnesses, any recollection of where it even happened? The answer would be no. Uh Uh-uh. But they shouted and screamed that this man was a rapist. He should be destroyed. He does not belong in polite society. Forget that he raised beautiful daughters, that he coaches CYO basketball, that he had as exemplary of a judicial record as anybody ever appointed to the court. All of that's out the window. Because in an era where people's emotions are <laughs> their facts, we're just gonna yell rapist till people get emotional enough that it might just force the confirmation to tank. Well, lo and behold, they were subjected to something called due process, where the emotions didn't meet the burden of proof. So Brett Kavanaugh ultimately wound up making his way onto the Supreme Court. Uh, But the bottom line is the party didn't end there because we have this SCOTUS draft leak that came out a month and a half ago about this Dobbs case that we are going to get a ruling on one way or the other in the next few weeks. And it could ultimately repeal Roe versus Wade. Now, again, what have the Democrats said in the aftermath of that leak? This is a war on women. This is a war on democracy. You're not telling me the truth. Yo, here's the thing. If Roe versus Wade gets repealed, okay, it's the beginning of democracy. It's not the end, okay, because repealing Roe versus Wade at the federal level sends it back to the states, at which point people vote on just how much abortion they want in their life. So when the Democrats say, oh, it's the end of democracy, What they really mean is it's the beginning of democracy and it terrifies them.
4: He knows what he's talking about.
5: Terrifies them so much that Democrats have been actively encouraging protests at the homes of Supreme Court justices. Okay, that's a real thing. And it's happening right in the White House. The government's going to jump all over your head, Jimbo. They might. But let me play you some of these montages because this is why we are where we are. Okay, on the eve of a January 6th hearing, which, just so you know, it's out the window. It's a waste of time. Like they hired, I know, a big TV producer. They moved it to prime time. You know, this is the sequel to the second impeachment hearing where they basically did a January 6th hearing with no Republican input for the sole purpose of barring Trump from running for office ever again. This committee that launches tomorrow, by the way, in prime time with a prime time producer, the height of absurdity is the first government hearing. It is the first government committee hearing in the history of the United States of America where the minority party is not allowed to appoint members to the committee, nor are they allowed to cross-examine witnesses. Yo, is that an actual, legitimate, bipartisan committee? Not even close, okay, because they got Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, who are Republicans— In the way that a chicken that serves on the board at Popeye's is concerned about the concerns of his fellow chickens, meaning not at all. It's a show trial. But the show trial was designed to do what? It was designed to convince you that, oh, you know, the Republican rhetoric is so dangerous. They don't belong in power. They could get people killed. And make no mistake about it. Somebody got killed on January the 6th. The only person who did was a Republican. Okay, A woman that was there to support Donald Trump, an Air Force veteran named Ashley Babbitt, shot in the throat as an unarmed protester by a Capitol police officer. You damn well better believe if a cop shot an unarmed Democratic female protester, we would be mobbed in the streets right now. They'd be burning the city down. Okay, but they're not because there are two standards of justice in this country, just like there are two standards for political violence and political rhetoric. Remember, none of the Democrats were condemning the ransacking of Washington, D.C. in the summer of 2020 when they were hitting Secret Service agents with rocks and bricks and they had to build an extra barrier around the White House. Trump was ushered into a bunker beneath the White House, derisively referred to as bunker boy. Okay, they were tearing down statues, lighting cars on fire. The Democrats didn't say a word. Neither did anybody else in the media. Media is a bunch of losers. They really are. But when it comes to political violence by the right, oh, this is unprecedented. We've never seen anything like we got to have a hearing. The rhetoric so out of control by these Republicans, it's going to wind up encouraging people to do something bad. You know, like shooting up a congressional softball game or trying to break into a justice's home and kill them because they've been told the guy's a rapist. He's a racist, he's a rapist, he's declaring war on women, he's destroying our democracy. Okay, that's where we are. That's how we got here. Okay, here is a couple of montages of the Democrats. Here's 48.
3: I wanted to know if you think
7: that the protesters that are outside Supreme Court justices' homes and interrupting Catholic masks if they should be prosecuted for violating federal laws that prevent that?
2: Yeah, I think we should be careful because it's a slippery slope, right? They have a First Amendment right to be there and protest.
7: Bottom line, you don't condemn it. You think that these protesters should continue to be outside Supreme Court justices' homes and interrupt
2: Church. I get interrupted and protested all the time. I welcome it in many ways, as long as it's not, you know, uh, violent rhetoric. This Supreme Court said back then protesters should be able to get right in people's faces. Now they are erecting barriers to try to keep protesters as far away from themselves as possible. I think that's fundamentally wrong. The Supreme Court itself um, has heard this argument,
3: and they have themselves said it is protected by the First Amendment.
5: So that's, you know, dopey Ilhan Omar, that's Elizabeth Warren, saying they made their bed they can sleep in it. You got to get in their faces. Okay, here's more of it. Here's clip 49.
2: You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about.
6: But I like to debate this gentleman. And I said, no, I said, if we were in high school, I'd take you behind the gym and beat the hell out of him.
1: You got to be ready to take a punch. You got to be ready to throw a punch.
8: You- Everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't—they're not going to let up, and they should not.
6: I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. Get up in the face of some Congress people.
9: It does you any good running away from Donald Trump? I think you need to go back and and punch him in the face.
5: But Michelle says that, you know, when they go low, we go high. No, no. When they go low, we kick
4: them. I'm surrounded by idiots.
5: Did you hear, by the way, in all of that, and it's just disgusting, but you hear Chuck Schumer... Because he's specifically also speaking to the SCOTUS draft league. I'm telling you, Gorsuch, you've unleashed a whirlwind, Kavanaugh, and you're going to pay. Garbage like you just makes me sick. That's Chuck Schumer. Again, they're out there telling people these guys need to pay. Go to their houses. They've encouraged this. Here's more of it. I'll even play you one. I know you don't like this, but I'll even play you one from The View. The View is awful. Oh, well, here's Sonny Hosted, clip 52.
2: And while I think it is terrible that um, a justice would have to go into hiding, I think it is really clear to the justices now that, as Anna mentioned, 64 to 66 percent of Americans— believe that the Supreme Court should uphold Roe v. Wade. Maybe these protests and maybe this outcry gives Chief Justice Roberts some leverage for a more moderate Mm -hmm. approach. What we're hearing from, um, you know, Republicans, that people don't have a right to protest. Well, women have a right to privacy as well. And women have a right to
5: privacy with their bodies. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Again. Well, they say we shouldn't be at their houses, but we have a right to our bodies. You know no one's taking away your right to your bodies. If you have 12 hours to stand outside a justice's home, you probably have two minutes to buy a condom. I don't know. take the pill. Maybe abstain from sex. Maybe if sex does happen without a condom and you're not on the pill, you buy the morning after pill. I don't know. The point is there are a million options that don't involve killing a baby, and there are a million options that don't involve going to the home of a justice, especially if you want us to believe that you're the party of decency, the one that's conducting a show trial tomorrow night in primetime with an ABC producer designed to maximize the emotional impact of the proceedings. Again, we live in a world where emotions are facts. The Democrats sell people emotion. Okay, this guy's a rapist. This guy's a racist, a white supremacist. He's a misogynist. He wants to take away our democracy. All of that's a scam. Everybody I just played you is encouraging protesters to show up at the homes of Supreme Court justices. But we're going to watch a hearing tomorrow night. OK, where the Democrats are going to warn us how the Republicans aren't fit to lead because of their dangerous rhetoric. Yo, the hearing is not designed because the Democrats want the truth. They want political power, regardless of whatever the costs happen to be to you and me, which is why I say today and every day. Democrats don't need a January 6th committee. They need a mirror.
9: What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When You're right. You're right. You're right,
4: Jimmy Fallon.
7: He's got great charisma. Yeah, he's always dressed fantastic. He has what I call yeah.
4: it. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites, like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at FoxNewsPodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I'm laughing. I just read a tweet by Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana who said gas is so expensive it would be cheaper to do cocaine and run everywhere. Translation, just because Joe Biden can't solve our energy crisis doesn't mean Hunter Biden can't. <laughs> Way to go, Kennedy. But of course, we're talking cocaine because cocaine Mitch McConnell has just responded to the arrest of a man outside the home of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, a man who was there to kill him. He has told police. Here is McConnell's clip.
4: This is exactly, exactly the kind of event that many feared that the terrible breach of the court's rules and norms could fuel. This is exactly the kind of event that many worried the unhinged, reckless, Apocalyptic rhetoric from prominent figures toward the court going back many months, and especially in recent weeks, could make more likely.
5: Think about that. Chuck Schumer. I'm telling you, Gorthich. I'm telling you, Kavanaugh. You've unleashed a whirlwind and you're going to pay. Those are Chuck Schumer's exact words. This is what the Democrats do, just so you understand. Okay, I'm not an activist. I really don't care. I try to tell you this guy. I tell you this every day. I tell you this when I meet you guys. If you meet me at a comedy club, I'm like, hey, man, this is so much fun. I get to tell jokes, we get to hang out. I don't care about politics. I don't care. Okay, I care about my wife, I care about my kid, I care about our country. I talk about politics for a living because I feel like I have a unique perspective that can help people deal from a place of reason, deal from a place of good faith and perspective as opposed to how can we distort our opponent's words for the maximum amount of gain. Okay, I don't have to distort the words of Democrats when I tell you that they are guilty of everything they're accusing the Republicans of. When they get out there and say, you're going to pay, you've unleashed a whirlwind, you're a racist, you're a rapist, all they're really doing is they're trying to claim the moral high ground. They're trying to get people emotional, fill them up with hatred and bile towards the other side. That's what they do. You've got to get mad. That's the whole plan is they want you mad. They want you disgusted. But sometimes crazy people get mad and disgusted and show up to Supreme Court justices' houses, you jerks.
4: Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
5: It sure is Fox Across America. We're fired up. It's a big Wednesday episode of the show, but we're dealing with some very you know precarious breaking news. DC police have arrested have arrested a man outside the home of Brett Kavanaugh, a man who showed up with burglary tools, a knife, and a gun, and told police that he had every intention of killing Brett Kavanaugh. Yo. Not good. Okay. This is, of course, the end result of what? A lot of rhetoric aimed at shaming and blaming Supreme Court justices for what could ultimately become the repeal of Roe versus Wade, which is something that, oh, by the way, was always on shaky legal ground. And every Supreme Court justice, including Ruth Bader Ginsburg, has said as much because Roe versus Wade was not about a woman's right to choose, okay? Nor was it about states' rights. Okay, it was the federalized takeover of the abortion debate, something that denied people a voice in the debate. Okay, repealing Roe versus Wade gives every single state its own abortion laws. And make no mistake about it. Okay, if you live in a blue state, you're gonna have abortion. Okay, you're gonna have all the fancy abortion you like, which I don't agree with, but if it's gonna be put to a vote, folks, I'm not, you know, I'm trying to shoot straight with the pro life crowd. The blue states are gonna have abortion. Now look at it on the bright side because there are going to be people in red states that wanna to drive to blue states to get an abortion maybe this'll force the democrats at the very least to do something about gas prices i think he's got a point i mean who maybe maybe all the abortion tourism will get us down to 320 a gallon again i don't know no promises but i'm always trying to find a silver lining When I'm not busy turning tricks behind the gas station to pay for gas.
6: Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible.
5: So we're following this Kavanaugh story. We will continue to monitor it. But what we can tell you in this moment is a 21-year-old man has been arrested for the crime of attempted murder against Brett Kavanaugh. Okay? Now, to be clear, if people could be arrested for stupidity— Your White House press secretary, Karen Jean-Pierre, would be doing life in prison right now. I agree with that. We're going to talk gas here for a second. We're going to talk inflation because the Democrats got out of bed yesterday, and I don't know who decided this was the plan, but they were like, what if we say a bunch of things that the Republicans can use in campaign ads against us? But that's pretty much everything they did when they got in front of a microphone yesterday. It was mind-blowing. Karen Jean-Pierre with a straight face, with a straight face. Tells Peter Ducey that the economy is in historically good shape. What would you do with the brain if you had one? It gets dumber from there. And I'm going to play you a clip from uh, Michigan Senator Stabenow who might have – I'm not even kidding. Like she's going to get fruit baskets from Republican ad agencies for all of the work she just saved them by cutting this – I mean you talk about a weapons-grade stupid comment. But let's start at the tippy top. Let's start with Corinne Jean Pierre. We're talking about inflation. We're talking about gas prices. And you just have to hear where this goes because there's this weird thing that I keep talking about that's perplexing to me. It's perplexing. You know, I tell you this all the time I cover politics like it's sports. I will tell you who's winning. I will tell you who's losing. I will tell you why. That's the vantage point I bring to this conversation. I don't have all the answers. That's why if you call in and disagree with me, I don't shout you down. I'm not an omnipotent I-know-everything talk show host. Just your radio buddy. Just the guy you're hanging out with. Okay? But I'm so curious as someone who covers politics as sports why the Democrats have chosen the strategy of just flat-out indifference to the real-time suffering of Americans. You know, just flat out indifference. You know, we've, w- inflation's been a thing now for like 16 months. And first we were told, well, there is no inflation. It's a Republican talking point. Then they were like, well, all right, fine. There's inflation, but it's transitory. It's going to go away. Then it was fine. Inflation's here to stay. But MAGA, Vladimir Putin, white supremacy, January 6th. But again, none of these things solve the problem. No different than gas. Oh, don't worry about the gas. We're going to release the strategic oil reserves. The prices are going to come down month later, all right, the prices aren't coming down. There's nothing we can really do. MAGA, Putin, white supremacy, quick, over here. But the point is these aren't real solutions, even when they bring up electric cars. If you don't have 5 bucks a gallon for gas, telling you to buy an electric car is not a real solution. That's indifference. They're showing indifference to your concern. And it's, it's, I'm genuinely curious. They can't be that stupid. Can they really be that stupid? I, I don't want to believe they can. Okay, but it's really stupid to say to people who are suffering, hey, here's a solution that isn't a solution. You know, if your buddy comes over crying, it's like, ah, man, I've been able to get a date for two years. Ah, it's a mess. If you say to him, dude, just call up Beyonce and bang her, and then you walk out of the room, you didn't actually give your buddy a solution. Okay, your buddy's looking at you like, hey, I thought you were my friend. I thought you were here to help. That's like nonsensically stupid.
9: Oh, you're right.
5: And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. And that's where we are now. Okay, so there's a pullout yesterday. This is fascinating, man. And Corinne Pierre, I want to be clear, is stupid. She's a stupid person. Nothing to do with her race, nothing to do with her gender. If you've been watching these White House press briefings, she doesn't answer 99% of the questions she's asked. And when she does she gives a pretty stupid and indifferent answer. To wit, Peter Ducey brings up a poll that came out yesterday that shows 83% of Americans, polled by the Wall Street Journal, 83% of Americans, more than 8 in 10 Americans, rate the economy as poor... Or not so good. Biden sucks. That's the finding here in the poll. When it comes to the economy. Biden sucks. 83% of Americans rate the economy as poor or not so good. Her answer is that, no, no, they're they're, they're doing fine. Which, again, is so stupid. Listen to this. It's clip 22.
4: of people polled by the Wall Street Journal say the economy is poor or not so good.
3: So when it comes to consumer confidence, is what you're talking about there, we know that uh, can reflect concern and uncertainty. Uh, about higher prices. People feel the effect of high prices uh, when they go to the grocery store and they feel they're up their gas tank, which the President understands uh, very personally when he was uh, growing up and understanding how uh, how when prices elevate uh, even just a bit, how much that can hurt a family, how much that can uh, really uh, affect uh, uh, you know uh, someone's household. Uh, but the fact is we are in a fundamentally different place compared to when the President took office and compared to this time a year ago and so you know during this president during his this presidency people felt uncertainty uncertain about the economy generally but they actually felt as good about their personal financial situation as they ever have according to the federal reserve survey with nearly 80 percent of adults reporting that they are financially comfortable
6: you are so dumb you are really dumb for real first of
5: all really quick the economy shrunk it contracted, the GDP contracted to a negative number last quarter. So she's technically telling you the truth when she says we're in a fundamentally different place than we were when we took over. The economy grew in the final quarter of 2020. We were dealing with a pandemic. We were trying to reopen society. We ultimately saw a growth of about 7.8% GDP in the final quarter of 2020. What we saw Right now, in this last fiscal quarter, is a contraction of 0.2%. So the GDP, compared to when they took over, is actually seven points lower. And when she says, oh, consumer confidence, no, no, no. The question in the Wall Street Journal was, how do you rate the president's handling of the economy? How do you rate his handling? 83% said poor or not so good. Come on, man. No, (laughs) 83% said Biden is not a guy you can count on when it comes to jobs.
6: A three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S, jobs.
5: So you understand she's showing you an indifference. Hey, 83% of the American people say the economy is poor or not so good. You know what that means? Yo, that means 83% of the people are struggling. They're struggling. And when presented with the fact that 83% of the people are struggling, A White House, a traditional White House, politicians, status quo politicians, the perception is always more important than the reality. The politics are always more important than the people. So she demonstrates this tone-deaf indifference. Well, what you're talking about is consumer confidence, not a big deal. If you look at our Federal Reserve survey, nearly 80% say they're financially comfortable. Yo, who is comfortable right now? Everything costs double assuming you can find it on the shelf in the case of baby formula, no one is looking at gas prices. They have broken a record every week, every week, every week, going back to March. doesn't matter what you make. You cannot look out at this world right now and think things are stable. I have enough. No big deal. Really think about that, man. Think about that. It's a mess right now. But her, stra- her response is, oh, you know. Ducey, you're just trying to make us look bad. No, no. no. Ducey's trying to hold you accountable. Here's more Corinne Jean Pierre, though, because she tells us the economy. The economy is in a better place historically. Listen to this, clip 23.
3: What we're trying to say, what I'm trying to say to you, is that the economy is in a better place than it has been historically. And so we feel here at this administration, and other experts as well, is that we feel that we are in a good position to take on inflation. We are in a good position to really start uh, really working on uh, lowering prices.
6: Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here.
5: I mean, seriously,
3: Corinne Jean-Pierre,
5: did you, please, I want to, everybody concentrate, okay? We're just having a conversation here. But I want you to really think about this word salad again. Because this is word salad. We're in a good place. We're positioned. We're in a position to really start working to lower. I want you to listen to this, okay? We're in a good place. Yo, uh, the uh, inflation is at a 40-year high. It has gone up every month since they took over. They're in a good place. Really? When you're when you're paddling to get into the lifeboat next to the Titanic, the Democrats are like, well, you're in a good place to enjoy the cruise. It's freezing water. The boat's sinking behind you in the background. Half the people you showed up with are dead. But you're in a good place to start enjoying the cruise now. Yo, they have destroyed the country. He's not Jimmy Carter. Stop calling him Jimmy Carter. Joe Biden makes Jimmy Carter look like Gary Carter, the Hall of Fame catcher from the Mets and the Expos. I mean, give me a break. But listen to this, the weapons-grade stupidity here. It's clip 23.
3: What we're trying to say, what I'm trying to say to you, is that the economy is in a better place than it has been historically. And so we feel here at this administration, and other experts as well, is that we feel that we are in a good position to take on inflation. We are in a good position to really start uh, really working on uh, lowering prices.
5: I mean, can you, I, I listen, I don't even know what to say, man. She's worse than Kamala. She might be. That is some of the stupidest stuff that I've ever heard, okay? No, we're in a, it's word salad. We're in a good position. We Really start working the lower – oh, you're going to start working the lower prices? Thank you. Thank you very much for starting to – you're about to start working the lower prices. People are being annihilated right now, and they're just giving you word salad. But that's why this White House is polling behind monkeypox right now. Dude, they're terrible. And I'm just I'm talking to you not as a Republican. I don't care, dude. I tell you this every day. This is sports to me. I can get on the air and tell you who's winning and who's losing and why. I can talk strategy. I can translate their words. Are you ready for their words right now? The Democrats have no idea what they're doing. That's true. That is true. That's the translation. Do you remember when Mike Tyson once said everybody has a plan until they get popped in the mouth? Okay. Well, the truth is the Democrats never even had a plan, and now they're getting popped in the mouth. And what I mean by that is they never expected the same media that carried Biden into the White House to turn around and hold him accountable. But Biden is learning the same lesson learned from my former governor, Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! Okay. That the media, yes, from time to time, You can be a useful idiot for the media. If they're trying to win an election, they will build you up to tear down their opponent. They built up Biden to tear down Trump. They built up Hansie Andy to tear down Trump. Andy! Andy! But understand, when the election's over, you might be a full-time idiot, but the media is only hiring part-time. At which point they turn around and start asking you real questions that you're not ready to answer. That can't be good. No, it's not good because you're listening to word salad. Again, people are getting smoked. They can't afford gas, can't afford goods, can't find baby formula. Well, we're positioned well. Are, are, are we though? Let me. I mean, Corinne Jean Pierre. By that account, the 1989 Denver Broncos were positioned well when they were trailing Joe Montana and the Forty ers 55 to 10 in the fourth quarter. No, no, you don't understand. We're positioned well to really start lowering this deficit now. I mean, we're down 45, but if if you look at the fundamentals. Of how this thing shapes out. I'm telling you, right, I feel good about it. I'm telling no, no, we're we're, with Elway, the boys, they're ready. (laughs) This is insanity. And again, I am not supposed to ever, ever in a normal America feel entitled to come on the air and make sense. I am not intellectually qualified. I don't come from any type of, you know, know know-how. Nobody ever copied off me in a test, man. Are you nuts? But they're that stupid. Like, I'm playing in a really weak division. In a traditional Democratic Party, okay, they're using words I have to Google, okay? It doesn't work that way now because we have people in the White House that are just complete and total idiots. And
8: I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or (laughs) bullshit. Gonna be homeless, the price is obscene, and they won't let Biden intervene. Baby, I can't fill my cup. Guess I'm gonna walk real far. Baby, I can't fill my cup, and baby, I'm so screwed. I told the girl that the prices ain't good, and she said, baby. My neighborhood, they sell a gallon at 4.89. So I will hitchhike again this time, baby. I can't fill my car. Guess I'm gonna walk real far, baby. I can't fill my car, and baby, I'm so screwed. Not cheap, cheap, cheap.
4: Critics are calling it the show of the year. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
5: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Katie Pavlich coming up to respond to Matthew McConaughey's impassioned plea for some type of gun reform. We'll also talk to Florida Congressman Byron Donald. But on a morning when all of the attention is focused on a man who was arrested outside Brett Kavanaugh's house and attempted to kill him, uh, we have these words from Chuck Schumer to go back to. It's clip 54.
6: I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. If you go forward with these awful decisions,
5: you're a loser. Really think about that. You don't know what will hit you. If you go, you're going to pay the price. You've unleashed a whirlwind. That's Chuck Schumer. Threatening. Again, threatening. What is January 6th about tomorrow night? They brought in an AVC primetime TV producer to manipulate your emotions and tell you that when Donald Trump said the words, go down there peacefully protest, let your voices be heard, that that was a seditious coup attempt, a call to violence, incitement of violence at the Capitol. That's the whole point of January 6th. And it's being led by a guy like Schumer who just said, you've unleashed a whirlwind, you're going to pay, you won't know what hit you. And this is why we can't have nice things. Democrats are so Live
4: from Everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
5: Oh yes, it is. Yes, it sure is. We can confirm it is the fastest-growing show on the radio, by definition of my weight. Uh, but in terms of audience accumulation, we're not doing half bad either. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up. We're going to have an adult conversation in this hour with Katie Pavlich, the senior editor at Town Hall. She is a Fox News contributor. And she is probably, I mean, pound for pound anywhere in cable news, the most well-informed person when it comes to guns and it comes to the gun debate anywhere in this country. Uh, She owns and shoots a lot of firearms, but more importantly, she can articulate facts. In the face of a lot of social pressure that's designed not to have an honest conversation but to advance a political agenda, I consider KP a very well-informed port in the storm of political discourse. So it's actually quite an honor to bring her on in this hour. And obviously we're good friends and we do have a lot of laughs when we're on the air together. Uh, But it comes on the heels of a White House appearance yesterday, if you remember. Matthew McConaughey showed up to the White House and uh, he gave a press conference after having a one-on-one meeting with President Biden. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did happen. And McConaughey spoke at the podium afterwards. And uh, here's the thing, man. Okay, he gave a very impassioned plea. He is, of course, from the city, the town of Uvalde, Texas, where this horrific massacre transpired. And he showed up yesterday. And what I watched were the words of a guy who genuinely wants to help. There's, If you watched that and came away from it being like, oh, screw him, this guy. I don't believe that was the case on any level. And I do think, you know, he was reasonable. Uh, I do think his heart is in the right place. Uh, I personally don't think this is going to move the ball by the end of this legislative session. Chuck Schumer had kind of given a deadline for the end of the week. Something I discussed with Bill Hemmer earlier is that we still don't have the common ground because there are two different things being prioritized. The Democrats want to win. Okay, what a win means for them is a ban on semi-automatic weapons, okay? They call them assault rifles. They are not, by definition, assault rifles. Katie Pavlich can explain it with a more fine-toothed comb. But the point is they want what they can, can declare as a win, okay? We got the ban. We enhanced the background checks. Now understand, none of those things would have prevented the shootings, that we're reacting to right now, which is unfortunate. doesn't mean you shouldn't try to prevent them. doesn't mean you shouldn't try to make them harder. That was Matthew McConaughey's position, okay? It's not going to be a foolproof, you know, panacea here, panacea for this. That doesn't exist, and that's the real tragedy of all of this is that whatever we decide to do with gun control, the minute we have another shooting that falls outside of whatever the legislations happen to be, the people on the right are going to say, see, laws don't work. And for the most part, they don't because criminals don't respect them. And the people on the left are going to say, see, we need more laws. We didn't go far enough. Everybody's going to keep trying to win the debate instead of solving the issue. So the conversation we're going to have in this hour with Katie is really more about solving the issue. I don't care whose side gets the win. OK, the side I want to see come out on top is the American side where schoolchildren are getting shot up and buried. Yo, that's horrible. I'm a parent. Even if I wasn't, that's horrible. And we do all want to solve this. The problem is we're having a very difficult time engaging from a substantive place because the conversation always begins in the aftermath of every shooting with, well, Republicans have blood on their hands today. The NRA is a bunch of murderers. I mean, did the NRA shoot anybody at these mass shootings? The answer would be no. Did the Republican Party? The answer would be no. And that's why it's very hard to take people serious. If they're calling you a murderer, if they're saying you have blood on their hands, if they're saying you're a white supremacist, okay, is it sane of you to want them to take away your guns? The answer would be no. Folks, the whole point of the Second Amendment is self-defense. It's not a hunting. When Biden says, like, oh, you know, he keeps trotting out that joke. Oh, the deer don't have Kevlar vests on. Biden's lost his marbles. I don't know that he ever had them. But he's trying to conflate the argument and make it about something other than what we're really discussing because claiming victory is always more important than solving the problem. It's the biggest challenge facing us as Americans. Okay, political parties always wanted power. They always wanted to beat each other. But there was a common decency when it came to political opposition that meant we're not going to abandon. We're not going to be derelict in our duty of helping the American people just so we can claim victory at the end of the election cycle. We saw that in twenty twenty. Oh, defund the police. Yo, cities did. Liberal cities defunded the police, cut a billion dollars from the police budget right here in New York City. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Yeah. And what happened? The murder rates skyrocketed. The robbery rate, gun crime rates skyrocketed. Same thing in Chicago. Same thing in L.A. A lot of these cities actually have now refunded police budgets after seeing the actual physical human cost of that rhetoric. Win an election at all costs. The cops are racist. Republicans support the cops. Ergo, they're racist. This is a battle for the soul of our nation. We're a racist country. We've got to get rid of the president who's been here three and a half years and replace him with the guy who's been in Washington for 50 years. Never mind that that makes no sense whatsoever. Never mind that Joe Biden had so much respect for the black community. He said this. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. So you understand, okay, nothing is beneath the Democrats in their quest for a win. Just like we've been talking about the Brett Kavanaugh story this morning, you know, we're on the eve of a January 6th hearing where the Democrats are trotting out a government hearing in primetime. Never happened before. It's also the first time in history that the minority party, in this case the Republicans, aren't allowed to appoint members to the committee, nor are they allowed to cross-examine witnesses. What does that mean? That means this is a pure show trial. And the whole hook of the trial is that Republican rhetoric inspired the violence at the Capitol. Now, if we're really going to hold people accountable for their rhetoric, can we please examine, okay, the fact that Brett Kavanaugh just had a man arrested outside of his house telling cops he was there to kill him? A man who undoubtedly heard this rhetoric from Chuck Schumer. This is clip 54.
6: I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions.
5: You shut your mouth, you bastard. But that's a guy lecturing us every day about rhetoric. Okay, nothing's beneath them. You won't know what hit you if you don't do what I say. You've unleashed a whirlwind, and you're going to pay. Those are his exact words. Okay, but tomorrow he will be part of a show trial that warns you that Republicans are the problem when it comes to rhetoric. Now, to be honest with you, there's plenty of problems on both sides. And if we can't acknowledge that, if we can't bargain with each other in good faith, we don't solve problems. So what Matthew McConaughey did yesterday, okay, for whatever you think of it, for whatever you think of his ideas— he is a guy that deserves the credit for showing up and trying to appeal to everyone, said legalized, got legal, you know, law abiding gun owners feel like they're under attack because they are, you know. But at the same time, parents feel like their kids are under attack Well, because they are. I mean, it's not pretty. OK, this is a really bad time to be. And if you want to take it serious, then I, I think you've got to come to this conversation from the standpoint of, hey, we're all bargaining here in good faith. We all want the same things. My problem is I don't actually believe we all want the same things. I believe one side really just wants to win, and they want to be able to declare victory and continue to hold the moral high ground over the other side so they can keep saying they have blood on their hands and they're demons and they're the worst. Okay, but the truth is, okay, there are things we should all be able to agree on right now that aren't gun control that would solve the problem. Here's Matthew McConaughey saying it's much. This is clip 16.
0: We know it's a table on the table. WE NEED TO INVEST IN MENTAL HEALTH CARE. WE NEED SAFER SCHOOLS. WE NEED TO RESTRAIN SENSATIONALIZED MEDIA COVERAGE. WE NEED TO RESTORE OUR FAMILY VALUES. WE NEED TO RESTORE OUR AMERICAN VALUES. AND WE NEED RESPONSIBLE GUN OWNERSHIP. RESPONSIBLE GUN
5: OWNERSHIP. Okay. So in theory, you've got to agree with that. We do need to tackle the mental health issue. These people are all insane. What is it about our society? Social media, the amount of kids we're now medicating, the amount of broken homes where they don't have any type of strong parental oversight, all worth approaching, securing our schools. How can anyone disagree with this? Like you understand, if you were smart, it was Dwight D. Eisenhower, I believe, who was as centrist as anybody said we should all get together and work on the things we agree on first. Let's do all of the things we agree on first and we can get to the other stuff later. And the reason he took that approach is because if you start with all the things you agree on, you actually get things done. But if you make the whole debate around things you disagree on, nothing actually happens. And that's really why we are where we are. I don't like to say this as a dad, as an American, as a human being. OK, if we didn't do it after Sandy Hook, the first school shooting where you got 23 kindergarten kids shot up, I mean, it's just horrific. OK, we weren't going to do it at all. And, I, you know, it is my fear in this moment. Okay, because I do want to see things happen. Like I'm upfront about the fact that you can't legislate away people's bad intentions. It it really isn't the tool. It's the person. It's the people. You really have to tackle the issue of crazy people. It's not to say they're going to go away. It's not to say they can be ever made to go away. It's no different than the guns. You know, it's like you could legislate away these guns. You could ban these guns. There's 400 million of them on the streets. People are going to get them. They don't follow the law. Murder's illegal. If they don't follow that law, why are they going to follow a gun law? And I just want you to understand again and again and again and again and again. When people say, yeah, but wouldn't you want to make it a little harder? The truth is you really, it sucks, but you're really not making it that much harder. Okay, we had 107,000 people overdose on illegal drugs last year. 107,000 people died after purchasing drugs that weren't legal. Meaning making it illegal doesn't make it any harder to get. Of the 107,000 that died... After purchasing illegal drugs, okay, there were millions who did them and lived, okay, meaning you really can't restrict access in a society this big, in a society with this much product on the market. I'm just telling you as a cab driver, as a former New York City cab driver, I, if you gave me an hour, to this day, if you give me an hour, I could find anything. If you want a giraffe, I could get you a giraffe in an hour right now, okay, get anything, any drug, any gun, any type of vice you can think of. Anything, like literally anything, because you drive a cab long enough, you get familiar enough with an area, the vice is out there, you know where to find it. I could literally get you, what do you want? <laughs> like seriously, I'm in the wrong business. I could be making some cash here, moving some product out of the trunk of my taxi, old 2G34, the yellow cab. But the point is, okay, making it illegal doesn't solve the problem. It could be a step. You could make certain things legal. You want to increase wait times or whatever the heck it is. Fine. It's Okay. OK, but it needs to be done in a way that doesn't penalize the law abiding gun owner because the Second Amendment, OK, is absolute and people don't support it depending on what happens in the news this week. They support it in perpetuity because if a tyrannical government is going to turn on them, is going to take away their freedoms, they want the right to defend themselves. That doesn't go away depending on the news cycle. You understand? We know Uvalde's horrible. Sandy Hook is horrible. We know that. So why don't we do an Eisenhower and start where we agree? Okay, secure the schools. But You want to make the, the, the windows bulletproof? Go. Single door access? Go. You want to arm security guards out there like air marshals so we don't even know they're there? Go. Okay, straight up. Do it all right now. You want to throw some more money into, me- into mental health programs? Go. At the diagnostic level in schools? Go. Who can argue with any of that? The only people who can argue with it are people who don't want us to start there because it denies them the victory they're looking for on legislation. Okay, people like to run on problems more than they like to solve them. It sucks, but it's true. In the summer of 2020, we burnt down nearly two billion dollars in property. We burnt down 100 black owned businesses in the near north of Minneapolis, burnt them to the ground. And the next day, what happened? Kamala Harris tweeted out a link to bail out the violent protesters. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha <laughs> ha! But $2 billion in property damage, 100 black-owned businesses in the near north of Minneapolis. That poverty's there right now. Those jobs aren't coming back. You know what that means? Low economic opportunity means higher rates of violent crime. That sucks. Okay, but we killed 42 people at those protests. And, you know, we might have called them, you know, fiery, but mostly peaceful, as they said on CNN. CNN is the worst. But the end result was they pushed all of this in the name of what? Police reform. We need police reform. So what happened when a Republican in the summer of 2020 by the name of Tim Scott, a black man who grew up in a much more precarious version of the South than the one he lives in now, first black man to be elected to both houses of Congress, the House, then the Senate. Okay, Tim Scott came forth with a good faith police reform bill, one that wouldn't take the power away from good cops, but would give us some layers of accountability so people could feel like there was a tangible progress being made on an issue that we were burning down cities over. What did the Democrats do in the summer of 2020? They filibustered his bill. Remember the filibuster, the thing they always tell us is a racist relic of the Jim Crow South? Well, those same Democrats used that racist relic of the Jim Crow South on a black man who legit grew up in the Jim Crow South. Okay, really think about that so they could stave off any tangible police reform until after the election because they wanted to run on the issue more than they wanted to solve it. And that's the sad reality of right now with gun control. As Matthew McConaughey said yesterday, there are things we want that we agree on that we could all throw our resources behind tomorrow and as a country. We would have a tangible prog- progress we could point to. We'd have a step forward, a bipartisan step forward that we could all say, hey, this good first step, we took this together. But we're not even having that conversation because taking that first step towards a solution doesn't matter half as much to the Democrats as taking a step towards a political victory for them and them alone. You're
6: absolutely
4: right. It's the show that never hits the books.
6: I love the poorly educated.
4: You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
6: Well, we got to
5: do it. Katie Pavlich is coming up with the next break, but I do have to play you a clip from The View.
6: No, God! No, God, please, no! No! No!
5: I apologize, but Sonny this is just so piggybacks off of what I was saying. The reason we don't make progress on this issue is it's more importantly to slander our opponents than it is to actually sit there and engage on substance. Listen to Sonny Hoston just absolutely attacking conservative guest Lindsey Granger. Here it is.
2: Gun Republicans horse. need to find a conscience because when this happened in New Zealand, when this happened in Christchurch and, 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 and you have. an act of terrorism, those automatic weapons were gone and guess what? That was in 2019 and this didn't happen again. That's right. They enacted legislation and it was over. Why can't Republicans find their conscience? Why can't they find their hearts? And why can't they get this done? Maybe I don't care don't about, run about run. the imperfect being, being the enemy of good. What about right and wrong? What about realistic? What about I want right to get, get something done, though, Sonny. I agree with you. There is right and right, and wrong is wrong, but I would like to get something Your done, done. this was. We had senior Some the Something is getting thing. done right now.
6: She's going out. Hmm. That's an attention
5: getter. That's exactly what it is, an attention getter. Hey, applaud for us. Republicans are bad. Yay! I'm surrounded by idiots. Republicans need a conscience. You see, understand, there's no Republican, not one, not a single human being, that's okay with mass shootings. We all condemn it immediately. We all say this is terrible. We all offer good faith solutions. But what do we get called for not agreeing with them? Murderers. When they say America needs to have a conversation, they mean shut up and do it our way or you're a murderer. Folks, you don't get things done like that. I'm just telling you. I'm in a marriage for like 16 years. I know it feels longer to Jenny, but the point is we get a lot done. Uh, We run a pretty good, fun, happy household because we actually sit there and listen to each other instead of screaming to score points. Maybe my house would be different if we had a studio audience full of angry, you know, middle-aged women who are gassy and can't get laid. But that's not what we're dealing with, and that's why we're allowed to keep it productive.
4: It's the morning show that uh, overslept. Fox across America with Jimmy Fallon.
5: That is a true story. We are so fired up to talk to this next guest, uh, but I'll be honest with you. Uh, she is a news editor for TownHall.com. She's a superstar Fox News contributor, but she has me in a bad spot here because we were just trashing the View, and I know she's just a huge fan of the View. So somehow we got to sort this out. Katie Pavlich is here. Yo, KP. If you want to hey, hang up, yeah, if, yeah, I- if you want to hang up, I understand.
10: <laughs> yeah, I love just watching television. That makes me lose brain cells exponentially by the second, depending on what Anna Navarro is saying. Yes.
5: You, you know, my favorite thing about Anna Navarro, by the way, is like they try to present her as like some type of a Republican, you know? Oh, I know. It's, ridiculous. it's, total <laughs> like, fraud. it's the funniest thing. Like a, a Republican on The View is like I always say it's like a chicken that serves on the board at Popeye's. They're not exactly operating with their fellow chickens' interest in mind.
10: <laughs> well, and, like, Anna Navarro apparently thinks, like, the louder she yells yes. and starts screaming, yes. the more her argument should be accepted or make sense and it just gets worse from there uh it's like that's that's her whole thing now you know it doesn't matter what she says as long as she says it very loudly
5: and quickly that is yo that is the whole shell so let you know what let's i'll give you a personal anecdote then at the white house correspondence dinner it's the funniest thing in the world um when biden is wrapping up his speech i had to do a hit on lawrence jones's show so i snuck Mm -hmm. out of the back of the auditorium to go find the red carpet which wasn't easy because i was seeing two red carpets after four hours of an open bar so i've got a lot Mm-hmm. You know, I got a lot of my plate here, um, and I happen to see Anna Navarro in the hallway, and she gives. Oh, and lucky she, you. I know, I right? She gives me two of the nastiest looks I've ever seen a human being give another human. Throws up her hands and goes, "You know what? No," and just walks away. <laughs> and, uh, I'm not even kidding. Wow. So, so KP, there's a part of me that's like, "This is hilarious," and "What's your problem?" But then there's this other part of me that's just so happy she's getting some extra walking into her routine. That I'm like, maybe this is a good thing.
10: Maybe, yes. But I'll... she's she's quite dramatic and uh, apparently wants to get her way by being a hysterical, non-stereotypical woman.
5: Well, this is a point. Of
10: them look crazy.
5: Oh, it's so bad. We're talking to the great Katie Pavlich, if you're just joining us. I believe you've been promoted to, like, admiral in the Fela Fashion Army. Every time you come on, you get a new pretty commendation. Much. So it's, yeah. it's, it's just crazy now. You're pretty much running the army. It's a whole to-do. Um, but let's... <laughs> But let's have this conversation because you're talking about hysterics. And when it comes to the Supreme Court, I just want to jump in here. OK, there were a lot of hysterics when it came to doxing judges. We've been playing this Chuck Schumer clip mm-hmm. where he's, you know, I'm telling you Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, you're going to pay. You won't know what hit you. Isn't the whole point of January 6th tomorrow to warn us about how Republican rhetoric is inspiring violence? But don't we need a mirror more than we need a committee at this point?
10: Yeah, it's it's almost like everything the left and now Liz Cheney uh, are <laughs> doing is just projection, a projection of their behavior on others. So when they claim that, you know, Republicans have engaged in an insurrection, um, they're now trying to use the January 6th committee to overhaul and federalize. Uh, elections. elections, which would change things forever. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen them say that you know white supremacy and Republican rhetoric is the number one threat in the country to democracy, while at the same time we now have a, a person showing up outside the home of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. which was encouraged by the White House just three weeks ago. And two years ago, Chuck Schumer stood on the steps of the Supreme Court and threatened the justices, saying they will reap the whirlwind if they vote or rule incorrectly in their minds on any kind of abortion uh, case. Yeah. And so, you know, you always know what they're doing by what they accuse the right of doing. And here we are with just another, another explanation uh, of that. And, you know, January 6th, I don't like everything that went on that day. I was on air when it happened. I condemned it thoroughly. I thought that President Trump didn't handle it you know as well as he could have, especially the day of coming out late to tell people to stop doing what they were doing. Yep. um but the the fact that it's turned into this political uh, witch hunt, you know, tracking down people who weren't even there yeah. um, for punishment, and the fact that they're using it to push their other political goals. As I mentioned, you know, the yeah. federalizing of elections when they've tried to do that legislatively, haven't been able to do it. Uh, it gives up the game. And it doesn't get anything, any real justice that that's what they're looking for, you know, uh, which clearly they're not.
5: No, they're not. Um, and that, so that's the biggest you give racket. up the game yeah. every time. I want to piggyback off that because I was listening to Jamie Raskin talk about how, you know, the electoral college is a relic. We need to abolish it. You know, right. but if the premise of this hearing is to protect democracy, they're basically telling us they're going to protect it by taking a voice away from the middle of the country. And just letting the people who turn New York and San Francisco into the world's largest outdoor restrooms, they're now going to, you know, (laughs) for real, they're going to be the moral compass for America. I don't know that anybody in the middle of the country wants to sign up for that, nor should they.
10: No, absolutely not. And also, again, it goes to the hypocrisy and the lack of credibility for the committee. I mean, Jamie Raskin uh, refused to... um, codify the results of the 2020
3: election or 2016 election
10: when president Trump won. So Democrats are allowed to object to election results, but when Republicans do it, it's an insurrection and we have to have this show. Literally they hired a TV producer to make tomorrow night's hearings look more TV friendly um, for their own political purposes as they fail to deliver on every single other issue that Americans really care about. And you mentioned, you know, the the large restrooms on the west and east coasts of the country, you know, those are the only places where people really think this is top issue, yep. <laughs> you know, if yeah. you sell a corridor, yeah. uh, it's the people on the view. Um, <laughs> the rest of the country isn't thinking about this
5: at all. It's so true. Like, you, you know the Democrats like to use a term, check your privilege. January 6th uh-huh. is the ultimate privilege. Like, if you can look at a 40-year high in inflation, out-of-control gas, a baby formula shortage, and be like, but more importantly, a couple of lunatics in Chewbacca bikinis storm the Capitol, and we need to have a se- sequel to that hearing. Because we've already seen this once with impeachment. This is basically impeachment part two, the director's right. cut. But it does. It's, it, it really is – I guess you crystallized it, KP. It is. It speaks to almost a privilege and maybe even an indifference to what real people are going through. But I want to talk about it. Well, and about, I,
10: think, yeah. I think there are real questions about mm-hmm. like what happened. Like Why is it that after 9-11, people were easily able to just go into the Capitol? Yeah. You know, I think there are serious questions about the lack of security that mm-hmm. Democrats don't want. They don't want answers about why – you know, the security was asked for a couple of days before this. There was intelligence showing something might happen, and it was denied by someone. Yeah. They don't want to answer those questions, so instead they're focusing on other issues that people aren't quite interested in. But I think there are questions about why are taxpayers sending so much money to fortify the Capitol after 9/11, and it was this easy to get in. I mean, there are some legitimate questions there about that, but those those won't, those will not be asked.
5: No, night. no chance. It is the first committee no in history that's not allowing the minority party to appoint members, nor can they cross-examine mm-hmm. witnesses. This is like a scripted drama. It's absurd. But I'll give you one other thing, OK? Because, you know, I spent a lot of time driving a cab. And the way my TV hits are going this week, I'll probably be driving a cab again soon. So let me just preface this. But when I was, uh, you know, really following this, one of, one of the horse sense things that I've taken away from this is people stormed the Capitol that day, not because of white supremacy, but because the Democrats demonstrated over the course of four years that nothing was beneath them when it came to stopping Donald Trump. And so people Uh didn't trust the results of an election, which again, as you've stated, was perfectly fine when the Democrats did it in 2016. They said the machines were hacked. Literally, I mean, I've played clips on the show of Kamala saying, myself and my team held a demonstration Mm. and hacked machines just to show people how easy it was, which is absurd on its face. But again, I think the issue with January 6th was that people didn't trust the results of an election. We've had two straight elections where the losing side claimed fraud. I think it would be beneficial to the country to do an actual thorough investigative look into election integrity. And I think one of the Mm -hmm. real purposes of January 6th, beyond slandering Republicans and maybe tarnishing Donald Trump, is to create the perception that questioning the integrity of our voting system will lead to violence. Therefore, we should not— Ever investigate the 2020 election? Does that ring true to you on any level? Yeah, but but only
10: when Republicans do it. Yeah. Okay. Like that. <laughs> remember, you have to. Stacey Abrams was saying.
8: The governor of Georgia, you mean?
10: Yeah, the governor of Georgia. Even though there was record turnout in mm-hmm. in the Georgia primaries just a couple of weeks ago, yeah. uh, after they implemented a new voter integrity law, mm-hmm. you know, requiring voter ID while also expanding early voting, she had to come up with this gobbledygook answer about why turnout was up, mm-hmm. and she just said, "Well, you know, voter suppression doesn't necessarily look like this," <laughs> and she, it just made no sense. And all these people are coming out from the polls and being asked like, "Oh, you know how, how was was it harder to vote?" And these people are like, "I was told it was gonna be very hard to vote today, and it was, it was so easy. <laughs> um, so you know, they're using it to solidify political power, to intimidate the right into not speaking out about these issues, not to question, as you mentioned, uh, a lack of voter integrity, not to question whether we should be doing ballot harvesting or not. Uh, I saw that there was a, a former Democratic U.S. Congressman in, uh, who pled, pleaded guilty earlier this week to stuffing the ballot in Philadelphia <laughs> uh, in 2016 and 2018. Like these things do happen. But the left doesn't want us to point out that voter integrity measures not only increase turnout, but also reduce
5: fraud. Oh, it's so true. We're talking to the great Katie Pavlich, who is on the line. Uh, One of the things you're very knowledgeable on happens to be gun rights and guns themselves. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, uh, he's at the White House yesterday speaking about gun crimes and everything in between. One kind of silly question that is actually a serious question, though. If we're actually looking into gun crime, should he have not stopped by Hunter's office? is first
10: yeah yeah exactly yeah it's, it's just i he, a you know hunter biden lied on matthew mcconaughey i respect what he said yesterday mm-hmm. i think he had a big impact on people however that i i reject thoroughly this idea that the federal government can somehow um make up for the fact that what happened in Uvalde was a result of a deadbeat mom who sent her kid to live with the grandparents. The grandfather also had a felony record, was a prohibited possessor, and they weren't paying attention to what he was doing on his phone, which was talking about going to do this horrific crime. Um, and when it comes to the president, who Matthew McConaughey met with before he went to the White House lectern to, to give his remarks, uh, yeah, he called for more background checks. The FBI does To 25 million background checks every single year. They talk about this like they don't exist. And if you want to talk about background checks, it's a garbage in, garbage out system. So for example, if Hunter Biden goes and lies on a background check form, which he did, Mm -hmm. and it passes because it's information in the system that wasn't in there before, then he gets his gun. Uh, lying on a federal form is illegal, and yet Hunter Biden, despite posting photos of himself doing crack cocaine and uh, other drugs, and also posing with his firearm that he got illegally, mm-hmm. he gets to just be free.
8: Yeah, while we're
10: calling for more laws uh, on issues that would not prevent, you know, situations from occurring. Yeah. So it, it's it's a I think it's I think. It's very difficult for people who are law-abiding citizens who want firearms to defend themselves against bad people in mm-hmm. the world because yeah. evil does exist. People use firearms millions of times a year to defend themselves against criminals, um, have a hard time listening to being told that this is everyone's fault, yeah. that this is America's problem. No, it's the problem of the family who didn't prevent this from happening, mm-hmm. you know, whose decisions led to this problem um and i you know and just not focusing on the real issues i, I actually tweeted out a, a study from the department of justice mm-hmm. that showed that 92 percent 92 percent jimmy mm-hmm. of school shooters were suicidal at the time they carried other crimes
5: good gosh that's insane so
10: that's the issue here mm-hmm. so i i just think you know as someone who knows the gun community that there's three different kind of categories of gun culture in america there's the one that i'm a part of which is the overwhelming hundreds of, you know, 100 million people who own firearms and use them lawfully every single day. Mm -hmm. There's the gang bangers who are shooting each other up every single weekend in Chicago, Philadelphia, D.C. And then there's, of course, these horrific crimes that are carried out at schools and, you know, in churches or the grocery store. And they're not the same, and yet they're treated the same. And so, you know, focusing on the real issues, which are in schools especially, the 92% figure of school Mm -hmm. shooters being in crisis and suicidal at the time, there's a bigger issue going on, and background checks aren't going to solve that problem.
5: No, I, listen, I, I actually agree with you a thousand percent. That's why on this show I kind of consider you the gun czar because you're you're also not like a border czar. <laughs> like you'll do something. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's a different gig. Like I could be a border czar if all it really requires is never going to the border. Like Kamala yes, won't even go to the. She won't even go to the on the border restaurant chain. Not even that. Won't well, even you can be that.
10: you can be the border czar, meaning the border czar of the border material on your uh, your blazer. <laughs> <laughs> That's
5: what supporters are. You're in charge of it. So. KP. It always comes back to fashion. <laughs> but no, listen. Always. I, it's so funny. But I really quick, I, I agree. And I think there were like, this is my biggest frustration, man. Because, you know, again, same thing with, I, I have the same take on Matthew McConaughey as you do. I think he showed up there and was genuinely trying to help. He seems to be bargaining in good faith. But the conversation has taken us beyond what the core issue happens to be, which I think you articulated perfectly. And my biggest frustration is there are areas we all agree on, and we should start with the things we agree on because if you start with what we disagree on nothing ever gets done anyway so we might as well start with what we agree on I don't know maybe you fortify a school maybe like you said you tackle the home issue maybe you tackle the mental health issue do you think really quick though it's more important, I think, for the Democrats, and I hate to even say this, but I feel like it's more important for them to pursue victory, which for them would be restricting access to certain guns. I think it's more important yeah. for them to achieve that political victory than it is to actually solve the problem, whether they even realize it or not. Do you feel that way about them?
10: No, absolutely, because you know they claim to be the party of science and data, and on this issue uh, and a lot of other issues – they refuse to take a hard look at what the data shows. The data shows that 77% of mass shootings are carried out with handguns, and yet they're focused on uh, semi-automatic rifles. And the problem is that when they they claim they need to do something for the sake of doing something that doesn't solve the problem, then they, quote, do something, and it happens again, and everybody's up in arms about how nothing has been done and, and the problem hasn't been solved, and then they demand you go even further. So I think that lawmakers have an obligation to do things that are feasible and that are constitutional and that work and actually solve a problem. And right now we're just not there with this issue.
5: Gosh, it's so horrifying to think you and me have become the adults in the room. Like, just, hey, speak for yourself. Uh, just in okay. general, I know. Listen, I know you got your life together. I get it. You know, you're holding downtown hall, Fox News, all the big shows. I get it. But, but the point is, I grew up believing there was this infallible class of like elites in right, DC. Yeah, that's I the know. point. Like, I'm, I'm, I feel like we're qualified. We can do it. I'm just kind of blown away that we have to. You, does that make sense? Well,
10: the longer I've lived in DC, let me tell you, oh. uh, if people really knew who runs this town. <laughs> oh. they, I they know. would probably understand a lot more about why things are the way they are. It's
6: astonishing. It's so about, true. You know,
10: that we're even alive. Yeah.
5: Spending <laughs> a weekend in D.C. is like actually finding a crack pipe in your parents' dresser drawer. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. This, this yeah, whole time?
10: Exactly. You're like, wait, how is, wait, what? This person's going to get promoted to this position? How is that possible? How is that possible they're running the government?
4: Oh, it's stunning. It's like a bunch of
10: 20-year-old interns and staffers and then like, the the lawmakers (laughs) that's it 20 year olds are running the the country well
5: i hope everybody feels better now that was the point of bringing you on kp (laughs) (laughs) now if you'll excuse me we're all gonna head to the liquor store thank you you're the greatest good luck see you soon kp there she goes the legendary katie pavich there we go back after this you're listening to the hottest show in the country
4: our
9: country is in serious trouble
4: this is fox across america with jimmy phelan
5: It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Going to be rapping with Florida Representative Byron Donalds in the next hour from the 19th Congressional District. We're going to try to solve some problems because there is a member of the Senate from Michigan. Ugh, I grew up in an Ohio State family. Well, I'm married into one anyway. They always sing, you know, we don't give a damn about the whole state of Michigan. We're from Ohio. You know, we're from Ohio, OH, we're from OIO, I.O. That's like a whole thing. You got to do that to get dinner at Jenny's house. Well, they hated Michigan every day, but they're going to extra hate Michigan in the next hour because of some comments about gas prices and electric cars that will shock your conscience.
4: Live from everywhere, USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
5: Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting as we do every day from the tippy-top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not an idiot.
0: That is a fact-check false.
5: Oh, come on. What a tough crowd. Well, whatever. Whatever you think of me. Uh, By the end of this break, you will think that Michigan Democratic Senator Debbie Stabenow ...is dumber than I am because she made some comments on the Senate floor yesterday that, wow...
8: Girl, please stop talking right now.
5: ...some of the dumbest things you'll ever hear out of the mouth of an elected official. And I really do believe Democrats got out of bed yesterday and they were like, you know what, what if we just cut some campaign ads for the Republicans? It almost seemed that way, whether we're talking about Corinne Jean-Pierre's dopey comments about the economy at the White House... Or, of course, this clip I'm about to play you from Michigan. Uh, It was just a race to the bottom that we're going to discuss in this hour with Florida Representative Byron Donalds, who will be joining us on the back end of the hour. They're voting right now on the House floor. Uh, But he will be here. And if you'd like to be his opening act, 888-788-9910, you know the deal. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a (laughs) Couple of quick programming notes, really quick. I am off tomorrow and Friday. I will not be on the air.
6: (laughs) That was the worst thing I ever heard.
5: I know it's hard on all of you, but here's the deal. Tomorrow, I am going on, this is the quote, special assignment. You Know what that means? That means you know as much as I do. I have no idea. I am being sent, this is a news organization, on special assignment tomorrow. That's literally all I know. Like the message self destructed three seconds after they sent me the email, and I just won't be here. Uh, Friday, I am, of course, going to be at the Talkers Convention out at Hofstra University, which is really funny because I open the convention uh, by doing a stand up set every year for the people, you know, in the radio industry who own radio stations and program them and stuff like that. And uh, it's especially pleasing for me because I went to Nassau Community College across the street from Hofstra. So this talkers convention, this gig, it's the only way a guy with my grades could actually get into Hofstra. So it's it's kind of a funny comeuppance, and I will be there Friday doing some, you know, uh, industry stuff, you know, radio stuff, business stuff, meeting the stations that syndicate the show, meeting the stations that want to syndicate the show. Basically, I answer a lot of questions about the sport coats I wear on Gutfeld. That's most of my business-related appearances. (laughs) Who buys them? (laughs) What's up with them boots? You know, that's a lot of that. So if you're going to miss me uh, over the weekend, there'll be a lot of fail to watch while I'm not on the air here doing Fox Across America Thursday and Friday. Uh, You will see me this weekend hosting the big Saturday and big Sunday show with Lara Trump. That's at five o'clock Saturday night. I will be on Lawrence Jones cross country at 10 p.m. And then Monday I will be on America's Newsroom and I will be doing Gutfeld with Dana Perino in the hot seat for Greg. So it's going to be a banger. And if you can't wait that long, I'm on Fox Business tonight at 550 p.m. with the great Brian Brenberg talking about issues facing this country. Uh, But somebody who was on TV yesterday is Michigan Democratic Senator Debbie Stabenow who was basically saying, you know, the gas prices for me aren't really a big deal. I just bought an electric car. I drove it from Michigan to Washington, D.C. I never had to worry once about the gas prices as I drove by. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. Now understand, what she's trying to do there is it push the Democratic agenda, which is, hey, 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 everybody needs to get an electric car. We want to move to clean energy. Never mind. I want you to understand this. Okay, the Democrats are polluting the country worse than ever with this clean energy initiative. Why? Because we are not cutting consumption right now. But we are buying some of the oil we would otherwise produce here in America from countries that burn it far filthier than we do. So same amount of oil, but instead of us burning it clean here, we buy it from countries that burn it dirty. Lo and behold, it then has to get shipped here, which means we got to use more fuel. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Democrats have increased production. But the reason this is so stupid is Debbie Stabenow again saying the quiet part out loud. Your pain is the point. They want you hurting over gas prices as long as you're not buying one of their electric vehicles. But where she looks so bad and the reason people are framing this is a let them eat cake moment is a political elite being out of touch with the suffering of real people is because she's basically saying, ha ha, not my problem. I've got an electric car. Yo, if you were an elite, if you were elected to high office in this country and the most gripping economic challenge of our lifetime is being confronted by the citizenry and your your, your response to that is, well, just do what I say. I can't impress upon you enough this is why people hate politicians, this exact thing, this tone-deaf indifference is why they hate them. This forcing the agenda on you, never let a crisis go to waste thing that they do, it's so disgusting, and it is why people hate politicians. Here is Debbie Stabenow. This is the clip, clip 14.
10: After waiting for a long time uh, to have enough chips in this country to finally get my electric vehicle, I got it uh, and drove it from Michigan to here uh, this last weekend and
2: went by every single gas station. And it didn't matter how high it was. And so I'm looking forward to the opportunity for us to move to vehicles that aren't going to be dependent on the um, whims of the oil companies and the uh, international markets.
5: Are you stupid or something? I mean, do you know how how criminally stupid that happens to be? Okay, first of all, she's lying when she says the whims of the oil companies, the international markets. Okay, the oil companies make their money off supply and demand. Okay, right now the supply is low because Joe Biden declared war on domestic energy production. mundo. Okay, that's why the supply is low. The demand is high. Because although we've declared war on the fossil fuel industry here at home, we still need those fossil fuels in every single aspect of our lives. mundo. So she's lying. But the bigger thing is, uh, I drove by every single gas station. Didn't matter how high it was. Yo! It's like me driving, I drove by a house fire. Wasn't mine. What do I care? Okay? That's what she did. And she's being thrashed on social media, as she should be, but there are Democrats out there as well being like, no, no, these are good comments because you understand she's saying we need to move to clean energy. The problem with politics, for real, is they've gotten so contentious, so hyperpartisan, that when people are as emotionally invested in winning, winning, I don't mean improving the problem, I mean winning, winning the debate, winning the news cycle. They don't realize how stupid they sound to regular people. This is no different than a clip I played earlier from Karen Jean-Pierre at the White House. She was sent in there with what I consider to be the easiest job in the world because all she had to do was replace Jen Saki. Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. I mean, Saki really was just a condescending jackass. Okay, we're talking right now about the man being arrested outside Brett Kavanaugh's home. 26-year-old man from California showed up with a knife, a gun, and burglary tools, admitted to the cops he was there to kill Kavanaugh. Okay, he's there after Chuck Schumer, if you remember. Okay, the guy who's warning us about the dangerous rhetoric out of Republicans. He's there after Chuck Schumer said this, clip 54.
6: I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Think about
5: that. That's Chuck Schumer. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these decisions.
6: He should be behind bars.
5: Again, Donald Trump saying go down to the Capitol, peacefully protest, let your voices be heard. That's incitement. That's treasonous sedition. That's a coup attempt. Go down there, peacefully protest, let your voices be heard. But Chuck Schumer, you've unleashed a whirlwind. You're going to pay. You don't know what's going to hit you. That, we're supposed to believe, is fine. Okay, this is who the Democrats are. This is who Jen Psaki was. Let me give you Jen Psaki talking about protesting outside the homes of justices because she was asked at the time, hey, they're doxing Supreme Court justices in an effort to pressure them into changing their ruling on this Dobbs case, which could repeal Roe versus Wade really quickly. If Roe versus Wade gets repealed, what actually happens is each individual state votes on abortion. It's not a ban on abortion. Abortion doesn't go away. Okay, each individual state gets to vote. So it's not the end of democracy, as they keep telling us. It's the beginning of democracy. Okay? But here was Jen Psaki when she was asked about protesting. I got two clips for you really quick. Here is clip 50.
4: Do you think the progressive activists that are now planning protests outside some of the justices' houses are extreme?
1: Peaceful protest? No, peaceful protest is not extreme.
4: These activists posted a map with the home addresses of the Supreme Court justices. Is that the kind of thing this president wants?
1: The president's view is that there's a lot of passion, a lot of fear, uh, a lot of uh, sadness from many, many people across this country about what they saw in that leaked document. Uh, We obviously want people's privacy to be respected. We want people to protest peacefully if they want to, to protest.
9: You are disgusting.
5: Now, understand, pressuring a federal judge is a crime. Doxing the home address of a federal judge is a crime. So the word salad about there's a lot of passion. People are emotional. Yeah, we encourage peaceful protest. But that's not speaking to the issue she's being questioned on, which is going to the judge's home is a form of intimidation. Hey, we know where you live nice house. It'd be an awful shame if there was a court ruling that led to somebody damaging this place, let alone damaging you, which is what we have now. Here's a little more Jansaki clip 51.
1: I know that there's an outrage right now, I guess, about uh, protests that have been peaceful to date, and we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes, and that's the president's position. This
0: is a pending okay, court again? case, though.
10: That's where the federal law comes into place. This is yep. a pending court case.
1: Well, but I, I think that uh, intimidation and protests and intimidation outside of the homes of school board members also warrant some outrage, and we haven't really seen that.
6: Get her out.
5: Get her out of here. So Saki is telling you what? Well, it's no, it's fine. Because there was intimidation at school board meetings. Wait, what? Are you serious? But that's who they are. Do you understand? And they want you to believe, oh, it's the Republican rhetoric. Dude, uh, influencing a judge is a crime. Intimidating a judge is an actual federal crime that they were condoning by hiding behind words like peaceful protest to date. And then the false equivalency, well, of, a, you know, intimidating a school board member. You know, the parents showing up at school board meetings aren't terrorists just because this administration tried to label them as such to stifle debate. Do you understand when Merrick Garland drafted that memo with the help of the teachers unions to label those parents domestic terrorists? do You know, the story of that school board where the dad was labeled a domestic terrorist, his daughter was raped by a trans Gender student. What the hell did you just say? In a co ed bathroom that was also accused and investigated for raping a second student. But the school board allowed the kid to continue to attend school because they didn't want to upset Pride Month. So this guy, whose daughter got raped, as you'd imagine, little worked up about it. Little worked up about the fact that the school didn't protect his kid. So he showed up and yelled at a school board meeting, didn't get arrested with guns or knives and say he was going to kill somebody like this guy outside of Kavanaugh's house. But the Jensakis of the world would like you to believe one is the same as the other when there's no remotely close to a comparison between the two. But that's why we're in this position. There is a legitimate indifference on the left to the suffering, to the plight of people on the right. And what they don't understand is when you get to issues like gas or inflation, they can take these as political issues. Well, the right's whining about inflation. The right's wanted about gas because, you know, we're responsible for all those things. But the right is doing that. So, you know, we've just got to push back against the right. But what they don't under- realize is the casual observer is the victim here. It's not the right wing voters, OK, that are affected by gas and inflation. It's literally everybody because they all got to put gas in their vehicle with the exception of this jackass from Michigan who just bought an electric car. Electric cars are 1% of the vehicles on the road in this country, which means 99% of the people in this country, whether they're Republican, Democrat, independent, libertarian, doesn't matter. 99% of the people in this country are getting absolutely by the gas prices. But when they try to spin this as a right wing issue, no different than when they're trying to spin, you know, political violence is the right wing thing. You can show up to the judge's house. That's them protecting their ass and not giving a about yours. Well, I filled up Sunday
9: morning with no way to pay for gas that didn't hurt. And I skipped another breakfast Cause it cost a hundred bucks to get to work When I started up my pickup Off I go to spend an extra day at work Bidens caused inflation everywhere And things get more expensive every day A Sunday morning side job I'm wishing old that I was home But I'm working on a Sunday To pay for gas so I can roam. And it's so expensive driving But we all need to get around So I'm working on a Sunday Till the gas price starts
4: A show so good, it's hard to describe.
5: It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as and, uh, you know.
4: It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You
5: know, so, uh. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I'm gonna dive into the phones really quick. John is out in Butte, Montana. John, I just read this on this call screen software. You paid how much to fill up your truck just now?
6: Well, this morning, I, put, I ended up putting in over 180 gallons of fuel and then deaf and paid the total bill of $1,042 and change.
5: Oh, my goodness. Now, is that served by a topless waitress by any chance?
7: Buddy, I only wish,
6: but it did make me think about, you know, when you hear a press secretary say they're in the best
8: Yeah,
6: fuel prices, they're
8: back or been I felt like I had to bend over this morning when I did
9: that.
5: Oh, man. That's rough. No, I feel you. That's exactly how you should feel. That's how we all feel right now going to the pump. And this is – it's psychotic. I don't think they get it or maybe they do and they don't care. But there's no world, okay, where the Democrats aren't going to pay for what we're being made to pay at the pump. And they can tell themselves about positioning and, you know, MAGA and anything in between. But I mean, this is sick stuff, man, and sadly, it's not going down anytime soon. That's the that's the real crime here.
6: It's like you turned around and, like you had said at one
7: point, you know, you feel like you got to pull tricks out behind a gas station when you're getting <laughs> fuel. Well, that's
5: the way I felt. <laughs> John, I'm telling you, that's maybe that's why Fox wants me to go on a diet. It's not because I look fat on TV. It's because I'm not going to be able to afford well, gas. I got to look yeah, more it's, go
8: ahead.
6: It's just ridiculous at this point.
5: Mm. Oh, John, you're breaking up. Damn it. Maybe he found that topless waitress he was looking for after all. He ran off into the night. John, I love you, buddy. I'm going to a commercial, but your phone broke up anyway. Excellent call. If you're on hold, we'll squeeze you guys in next. Byron Donalds is coming up as well. It's America's family meeting. Your dysfunctional dad will be back after these messages.
4: It's America's Life Coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy
5: Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We're fired up for this next guest. Now in Pulp Fiction, they have that moment where they they send the wolf, the Harvey Keitel character, like they're in a tough situation, and Marcellus Wallace... Okay, he tells Samuel L. Jackson, no, calm down, we're sending the wolf. And he's like, oh, you're sending the wolf? That's all you had to say, and everybody feels better. Well, they are sending the wolf uh, straight from Congress from the 19th Congressional District of Florida. Representative Byron Donalds is on the show. Hey, man.
7: Jimmy, first of all, if you go going to reference Pulp Fiction, you know that's not what Samuel L. said when he said you're going to send the wolf. Because you know what he fully said. You know and I know. I'm not going to repeat it on your air. Well, way. thank you. you. Know,
5: could be children uh, but, no, you know, Nowhere in the world saying. is there a terrestrial radio host who'd be better off if only he quoted Tarantino movies on live radio, Byron Donalds. <laughs> well, hold on. actually, you know
7: what, Jimmy? Wait, let me re- remember the line right.
5: <laughs> oh, so no. here's what he
7: said, and this is actually PG. We're good. Okay. So, what he said was. Oh, you sending the wolf? Mm-hmm. Shoot, Negro. That's all you had to say. <laughs> that's what Samuel Jackson said. Yes, he yes he did. My staff is looking at me like, that's not what he said. I'm like, that's exactly what he said. <laughs> Go watch Pulp Fiction America. You'll see what I mean. Anyway,
5: Bottom how you doing, Jimmy? Byron Donald's movie trivia legend. Uh, <laughs> better you than me. While we're talking movies, I'm good. We got a lot to get into. But did you see the Top Gun sequel by any chance?
7: Oh, man, I saw Top Gun. It was amazing.
5: You know, I saw it in
7: uh in 4DX at the mm-hmm. Regal Cinemas. Look, like, I'm giving a shout-out to Regal over the airwaves, too. Yeah. But the 4DX was amazing. Stop. And so it was really cool. It was a great, great movie. It was just wholesome, man. It was, it, you know, pro-military, yeah. strong actors, men
5: acting like men. You know, it was just, it's what it was. It was great. Loved it. Well, I bring it up, too, because, you know, it's funny. Like, when people use terms like, you know, toxic masculinity and stuff, we actually need that. Like, as we're on the anniversary of D-Day, the reason we're not speaking German is because American men got on boats and opened up a can on the beaches of Normandy. Like, isn't there a case to be made on some level for a modified version of toxic masculinity?
7: Uh, Look, I I totally agree with you. I mean, look, even for you know what is it 9500 of of our of our men mm-hmm. hit those beaches in the first wave knowing that it was a strong possibility they would not survive mm-hmm. but they did it anyway because they understood that their sacrifice would actually lead to not only the the freedom of Europe and the liberation of Europe but of the entire globe and the entire planet and it would maintain freedom in the United States their sacrifices won and it's not just normandy so many other battles uh throughout world war 2 world war 1 um, obviously, mm-hmm. the Civil War here in the United States, War of 1812, all those sacrifices are not in vain. But it took young men. Mm-hmm. So they were all young, Jimmy, 19, 20 years old, 18 mm-hmm. years old, young men who understood their responsibilities was to sacrifice and not be concerned about their feelings or whatever the case
5: might be. They had to go out <laughs> there and get the job done. I'm not getting off the boat unless they use the right pronouns. You know, it's a, it's a different time. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a different time. Representative Byron. Johnson. Well, don't, know,
7: Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy? Real quick point on that though. I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Listen, there's a lot of young men in the United States mm-hmm. who are not subscribing to this. You know, yep. this 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 womanizing of young men they're not subscribing to that i know a lot of people aren't gonna like what i got to say Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of people who are gonna like what i got to say so it's okay but you have a lot of young men in the united states who are not going along with this Uh, they you know men are 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 born to be men mm -hmm. men have a responsibility to lead they have a responsibility to sacrifice they have a responsibility to let go some time of their emotions and just do what needs to be done and focus on the greater good. I think you have a lot of young men in the United States who subscribe to that.
5: Yeah. I'm I'm right with you there. Like, so my son Lincoln is 13 and um, he absolutely laughs at this stuff. Him and his friends laugh at this stuff constantly, constantly. And amongst guys, That is how they feel. Like, they they feel natural to their normal guy role that you just articulated, but they're being told they don't have to, but they don't necessarily buy that. So, I actually, I think you're spot on, and I think there's been, like, a sea change in this country, where everyone has always agreed with what you just said, but they didn't feel comfortable saying it for a while. There was a big divide between what people felt and what they were willing to say in public because of the fear of the backlash. But I do feel on some level, when it comes to this culture war cancel garbage, people do now Stand that the ones doing the canceling are people nobody likes and they feel a little more emboldened to speak their mind do you sense that a little bit
7: i totally do but jimmy you know i'm gonna bring you that truth this
5: is what happens when you bring the wolf on your
7: program man i'm gonna <laughs> tell you like it is
5: go ahead <laughs> oh too funny we're talking to representative byron donalds does that mean you have more to tell me or was that just one of your spiking the football moments because you do that a lot That's one, but we can move on to the other topics. Billy White Shoes Johnson is over here talking up his touchdown dances, and that's fun. I love talking to you, man. Let me ask you this. (laughs) There's so many many places to go today. Uh, So, all right, Joe Biden says the economy's great. Corinne Jean-Pierre says we're historically well-positioned. I want to ask you this, a Brooklyn guy. I believe it was Biggie Smalls, who once rapped in the Ten Crack Commandments that you should never get high on your own supply. Is the White House Mm -hmm. smoking? its own stash to tell the american people the economy is historically well
7: um that is absolutely correct they are not living up to the ten crack commandments with this one because i don't (laughs) know what they're smoking over in the white house maybe it's just that they're trying to find any way to not take blame and increase their poll numbers Mm -hmm. but everybody knows what they're saying is a bunch of bs i don't care if you're a democrat voter independent voter, definitely Republican voters, they all know that that's a bunch of nonsense. But it's it's bigger than that, Jimmy. You look through every ethnic uh uh demographic breakdown in the United States, every age group. Everybody knows that this president has no idea what he's doing, and what people are starting to come to grips with on the Democrat side of the aisle is that he's actually the author of this foolishness. Not that it just happened on his watch and he just didn't know what to do, but he's actually the creator of the foolishness. And I think that that's what's going to happen to the Democrats in November. People have seen enough. They're fed up. They're over it. And this White House, man, it would be better if they had just admitted that they were wrong and promised that they would do better. At least then some people might forgive them and try to you know, stick up for them. But this thing is bad,
5: it real is, bad. It is so bad. We're talking to Representative Byron Donalds, and No, I agree with you. And, and I think, you know, we're getting a show trial in primetime tomorrow night over January 6th where they've brought in an ABC producer to try to make it more, you know, emotionally engaging. This is a sequel to basically an impeachment trial that went nowhere that really does read like an attempt to distract from all the areas where they're failing the country. But the question I wanted to ask you, because right. you probably would agree with me there, but what I wanted to ask you is the whole prim- Of January 6th, is that toxic rhetoric on the right has led to some type of political violence? But is that not a little rich coming from the people who encouraged protests outside the homes of Supreme Court justices, knowing what we know about this loony that just got locked up at Kavanaugh's house?
7: I mean, Jimmy, the Democrats don't care about consistent standards. The only standard they care about is what's going to help them in the polls and what helps them get elected. They don't care about consistency. That's how they have no problem with what happened out of Justice Kavanaugh's house earlier to to, to, to uh, today, but at the same time, they want to say that Donald Trump fomented an insurrection. I mean, they, they don't care about that kind of stuff. I mean, look, with this primetime thing going on tomorrow night, you know America's not watching. They're going to be watching the Rangers and the Lightning <laughs> play hockey in the Eastern Conference Finals. And they – listen – it's a good thing for them that the NBA Finals game is tonight and not tomorrow night because definitely nobody will be watching this <laughs> mess tomorrow. Yeah,
5: it's so true. It's like who's in charge of programming? You know what this reminds me of? When Georgia, the Bulldogs, won the national championship uh, in football this year, it was their first national title in 40 years. Biden goes down there the next day in the middle of the biggest keg party in the history of the state of Georgia to give his speech about how everybody in the states are racist because of voter ID laws. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. never mind the planning. Early voting's up 220%, man. Listen, Jimmy, the Democrats, like, we, we don't they don't know what they're talking about.
7: I remember when they were talking about uh, Jim Crow 2.0, and then I think it was the Atlantic Journal-Constitution had to come out with an article and be like, oh, d- despite Republican... Uh, election laws. Voting is up 200% in Atlanta. Like, what? So like again, you're dealing with a party that has failed broadly across the board. All they have are talking points and emotion. But if you get down to the details of their policy, their policy just doesn't make any sense. And I think if there's something that Republicans got to do is that we got to make sure that we actually resonate with the American people and sound like coherent and cogent, and people actually like us because, I mean, likability is still a big thing, Jimmy. People yeah. got to like you. But then when we bring our policy with the fact that, you know, you got people like myself and others up here like Greg Stuby, you know, who is the best dressed man on Capitol Hill. Let me just say that right right there for everybody to know. Shout out to Greg Stuby, you know, Florida's finest. But when you have people who can resonate um, just In the culture of America, then we bring policy. Mm -hmm. That's how we're successful.
5: No question. That's why you're the wolf, Byron Donalds. So we thank you for your time. I know you've got to get to another crime scene to clean up, uh, but let's do it again soon, okay? (laughs) Anytime, Jimmy. No problem, man. Thanks, buddy. You're the best. There he goes. Representative Byron Donalds. They told us on his team he needed to be out at 245 sharp. Let the record show, Mikey. I do believe we beat the shot clock by a few seconds there. We run, a, we run a pretty professional operation. You wouldn't know from listening to this show that there's actually, like, behind the scenes, like, we're hitting the cutoff man. We're taking extra ground balls before the game. We're actually, like, it's a pretty sharp show, but I think the whole, you know, the premise of the show is that there's, like, a golden retriever sitting in the booth, you know, pulling all the knobs and hosting the show, but it's not actually true. A golden retriever is way too good a hygiene to work on this show. You know, some dog that's just sniffing pee and licking itself all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you kids say, ill, but if you've seen the search history on my producer, you'd be saying. <laughs> Back after this.
4: You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
5: I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience. I do believe we're playing through the years in honor of my final guest today that I have known for months. Uh, But I do love him dearly. Uh, Matt Napolitano, Fox News sports reporter, is leaving Fox News. Uh, he wanted to go somewhere classier, so he now works on Epstein Island. I kid, I'm kidding, <laughs> Matt Napolitano. I just uh, had to take a shot. Thank you for uh, coming on. It's
0: fine. They revoked my passport anyway. It's okay.
5: <laughs> he lost his
0: helicopter license.
5: Yeah, lane's not returning his calls. Yeah. It's a whole to do.
0: It's been a rough few months. But, <laughs> but I just
5: want you to know this. Me and you have become good friends in the time that you spent working here. And I always tell my audience that, like, they have a really high security clearance in my life. Like, whatever I'm up to, they, I deal them in, I just let them know about it. And the reason being is, like, I'm a really tragically flawed human. So if you're just honest with people about what a mess you are, you don't actually have to remember things to cover your ass. So that's why I give them so much insight. But in this particular instance, I'm just giving them insight into the fact that one of my friends is leaving Fox, and we wanted to give you a send-off. Now, Mikey wanted to give you. You have no idea. Like, you you just don't know where this was headed. We had a live band. He wanted a confetti cannon to go off. Uh, it was, he was picturing the end of the movie you ever seen the naked gun Oh yeah, where course. Frank Drebin proposes to Jane and it's so moving and OJ
0: Simpson falls over the balcony, that <laughs> yeah, was yeah. happen today too, but the or? dog
5: and the mailman yeah. are licking each other, <laughs> you know, the Palestinian <laughs> and the Jewish man make peace in the middle East because oh, they're so inspired rewatch. Oh, Mikey okay. has just, I'm just giving you a heads up. Cause when we sign off, Mikey is going to be releasing doves. In the control room, and it's going to be a little distracting. <laughs> but Nap, you're out of here. Uh, I do believe uh, you're going somewhere in the PR field. Yes. Are you at? Uh, are you allowed to discuss this, or I don't want to put uh, you in a bad spot? It's on the hush
0: hush for now. You okay. know, bigger announcements coming down the line. Okay. So but, he's yeah.
5: running a gambling ring in Suffolk County. Just so we're all clear Nassau. here. Nassau. I was at Nassau. Now you're classing. You said than we're that. classing
0: it up. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'll be no, in Suffolk think...
5: tomorrow night. Get... Long Island News Radio. I will be out at the Iceland Airport. We're oh, doing all right. like a, yeah, you can come by, so you been can to get, get some more airport in a long time. I know what's well, the greatest airport in the world if you have a flight out of there because it's so calm and easy. Yeah. Because you go to LaGuardia, you go to JFK, it's just the it's yeah. running of the You books. wonder what that smell is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, because as a former cab driver, I learned to shut my nose off like nine years ago, and I've never turned it on again never since. Back. How else do you work with the guys in my booth? Uh, I'm that's kidding. A, that's a very they're, fair point. They're good people. But Fox News sports reporter Matt Napolitano was in the house. He is a Strong Island guy like myself. Today is, is today the actual final day?
0: Tomorrow will be the final day.
5: The grand finale. The grand
0: finale. How, just- long,
5: how long were you here?
0: Uh, I was here six and a half years freelancing full-time, so I've been the full-time sports guy since June of 2017.
5: Wow, that's rad. And I always like to bring on people in your position who've been here a while and tell, tell our listeners, for real, is one of the things that I was most blown away by when I first came here. It's like I was doing comedy. I was driving a cab. My perception of Fox News was defined really by, like, the John Stewart Daily Show and what other comedians were saying. Of course. And I just assumed I was walking into this, like, politically intense environment. Is this not, like, the Club Med of corporations? Everybody's, like, so cool, so mellow. And I might be reading this at gunpoint, but stick with me. (laughs) No, I'm kidding.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's been the hardest part, is, you know, I've met incredible people here, and I even said it earlier, that was really the hardest part of this decision for me, is saying goodbye to all the incredible people I've gotten to work with that I've gotten to meet, and the opportunities, Mike excluded, because he's hyping himself up, and oh, there I see him. It's, in that. it's nuts. Just, he's his own hype man. It's like his own flavor, <laughs> flavor. I got to get him his own Viking hat.
5: No, but he had set this up like a North Korean funeral, where we paid people to cry <laughs> when
0: you leave. You he, he has people yes. that are going to be wailing outside the studio when you leave. It's everything I've always wanted and more. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just getting a chance to work with some amazing <laughs> folks here is really what makes this such a difficult decision. But. You know, It's on to the next chapter, yeah. and I'm going to miss it because it is such a great environment. Like We all have fun here, even through some really tough times and some tough stories. We get through it together, but we find a way to just come together and find time to laugh and find time to enjoy each other's company.
5: Well, that's what I think is so fascinating. Matt Napolitano was in the studio making his final appearance on this show. Some of you know him as a Fox Sports reporter. Second and final appearance on the show, by the way. Mikey just updated that. Mikey keeps good stats. That's <laughs> yeah. the one thing he keeps good stats. <laughs> he can tell you how many minutes you've been on, the topics uh, we've covered, wow. your your value over replacement guest, <laughs> your Vorg. It, it's Kornacki without the khaki budget. I I like it. It's great. <laughs> so we're talking, and I do, but I do think that's a prerequisite. I I, I genuinely think, and I, I know they'd never admit to this here, but I do think when they're hiring people, they. They, they figure out whether or not someone is cool in the interview because everybody is pretty cool. And I think, but I think, you know, going forward, because I always try to give some kernels of wisdom to the audience, you know, because few people have done more with less than I have. You know what I mean? As a yeah. guy cab driver, I went to community college, didn't even show up for class. But I do think being cool, just being a force multiplier of positive energy, is that not the most Professionally helpful tool You've ever come across
0: Oh yeah I think if you're Honestly willing to gel With an environment And you get along with people I think that gets you So much further Than anything else I mean Mm -hmm. you can come in Being the whiz kid Knowing everything But if you're Standoffish Or Uh abrasive in any way You're not going to gel In any environment You're not going to be welcomed And really embrace The opportunities ahead of you And Uh that's what was cool About being here I felt like You know I know I had something to prove I was out of the industry For a little bit And I got a shot to come back So I had that chip On my shoulder and I think over time everybody saw that I was just another one of the bunch here, yeah. and that's what makes it happen. I mean it's, what, uh-huh. it's having people like that is what makes great radio, what makes great television, what makes any great product really.
5: Positive energy attracts positive outcomes. Mm-hmm. I always tell people this in casinos. You know, if you go by a, t- a table where everybody's like just staring at their phone, like punching the table, not mm-hmm. speaking, they're losing. Yeah, you know, it's the people that are doing like an actual conga line in between shuffles. <laughs> That's the table you want read the sit room. At. Yeah, read the room. Thank you. Read the room. Read the table. All of that. But Matt and Napolitano, you will not be reading this room. You are on to, I guess, greener pastures, seeing as there's so much marijuana involved. I'm kidding. <laughs> we don't know that. I'm just pinning things allegedly, onto you now. Allegedly. I'm just,
0: I, well, weed doesn't matter now. We grew up at a time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Isn't, isn't it weird? But, you know what? Maybe you noticed. I was walking around this weekend, and mm-hmm. the smell of weed smoke was everywhere this oh. weekend in New York City. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere.
5: You have no idea how bad people who don't live here don't understand that. Yeah. Uh, a cop stopped me on 6th Avenue. He was like, you smoking marijuana? I was like, no. He's like, well, here you go. <laughs> I was like,
0: Wait, what do you mean? I thought you were the cops. But that's no, it's out of control. Yeah, you get a contact high now. During "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" at Yankee Stadium, it's amazing.
5: <laughs> and then you get yelled at for not saying Latin X. <laughs> oh, what a dumb time to cover sports, Napolitano. Uh, You're getting out right on time. What a world. What oh, a we life. We love you, Matt Napolitano. queue up through the years. Yeah. The <laughs> Korean crowds getting ready to cry awesome. outside the studio. Uh,
0: I see them filing an order. Make it's sure
5: just... the doves don't poop on you. I wouldn't want to ruin that beautiful hair. Oh, thank you, sir. They're there so he much. goes. Gone but not forgotten. Matt Napolitano will always have this. I am off the next two days on special assignment for the Fox News channel. You will not hear from me, but Sean Duffy will be here. Cable News Super Hunk Ben Dominich in the house as well. See everybody on the telly.